As children of God, our sin debt is paid, and we are let go from the bondage of sin. Romans 6.14 says, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye not, you are not under the law, but under grace. Why then? If Jesus has paid the penalty for our sin, and let it go from our lives by covering it with his blood, and thereby smothering the life out of sin, do we still hang on to sin? Jesus has let it go from our lives. But some of us are turning back and picking it up and carrying it around with us like a treasure or a souvenir. Jesus has let it go, but as believers, we must make the conscious choice to do the same. We must let sin go out of our lives, our mind, and our desires. Join us in this podcast of Women at the Well Ministries as Kim takes us on a journey through the scriptures, examining what it means to be forgiven. So often we live our lives well below our privileges and it's our spiritual privileges that i'm talking about that we live so far below we generally as a nation and as a um, species of humankind tend not to live below our means financially in fact many people live below their means i mean above their means financially but as spiritual children of god We often live below our spiritual means. And what I mean by that is this, is that God has called us to holiness. And he said to be holy, for I am holy, in Leviticus chapter 20 and verse 7. And we don't want to do the things that requires us to be holy because we really aren't willing as a whole, to surrender our entire selves to the Lord and just follow his commands. And when we don't live as God has asked us to live, then we are unable to receive the blessings that God has in store for those who love him. And the Bible tells us that eye hath not seen and ear hath not heard what lies in store for them that love the Lord. And we as Christians, we understand the concept that we have been forgiven of our sins. And to be perfectly honest, that's a tremendously difficult concept to believe that an almighty God who is pure and holy and loving and everything good and wonderful could possibly look down on a frail, failing 
unclean person and wipe them completely clean as if they've never sinned and love them as if they've never sinned, love them as if they've never rejected him, and continue to love him as we who have been saved, born again, tasted to see that the Lord is good, have received his free gift of salvation, and still on a moment-to-moment basis must make the choice to follow God. Now, we don't have to make the moment-to-moment choice to be saved. God saved us once and for all, and he died on the cross of Calvary and shed his blood on the cross of Calvary. And this, my friend, he did, and he did it for all. And so once we have fully committed our lives to the Lord, we don't have to worry about his forgiveness and his blood expiring, and that something we would do or something that we would say would cause us to lose our salvation. I don't believe the scriptures say that at all. But what I do believe is that day by day, we have to get the world off of us. And day by day, we have to allow God to cleanse us. And we have to spend time reflecting on who we are in Christ Jesus, that we might be the light God would have us to be. Now, I don't know about you, but I think it's pretty easy to understand that, you know, every now and then, you got to clean a lampshade on the lamps in your house. If you go decades and decades and decades without cleaning a lampshade, that light, no matter how strong the bulb is, is going to be a little dulled. And you won't be able to see as well by that light as you could have had you continually maintained and kept it clean. We're pretty much like that as human beings, as Christians, as children of God. We have the light of Jesus in us, and we get all of him when we are saved. The deal is he doesn't get all of us because it's very difficult for us to surrender our entire lives to the Lord. And that's what we're talking about today, is looking at our lives and realize, one, that we need to clean the lampshades. Daily, we need to ask God, hey, come in, get the world off of me. Don't let the world have any allure to me. Don't let the world attract me. Don't let me have the world on me so that those who are in need of a Savior are not able to see Jesus in me. That's what we need to do. And so as we begin to look at Romans 6, 14, which says, For sin shall not have dominion over ye, for you are under the law, but under grace. You're not under the law, you're under grace. So why does does sin have dominion over you? In other words, why are you held captive to your sinful desires, your sinful habits, and your sinful ways? Why is that? Why is it that God has let it go? Because I want you to understand that this entire idea of being redeemed or being forgiven means to let go. It's a pardoning of one's debt. And so when you are pardoned a debt, you no longer owe the debt. And you've let go of the bondage of what that debt would put upon you to pay. We as Christians, and I want you to hear this, 
and really understand what God is saying. He has saved us. He has saved us from the bondage of sin. And there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved in Acts chapter 4.12. And in John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Let's park there for a moment. Do you understand what God has saved you from? See, I think sometimes we forget that. I think when we look at what God has saved us from, and we take a close look at the power of his salvation, it should inspire us and motivate us to have a stronger grip on the understanding of the power he has to keep us from sinning on a day-to-day basis in a habitual manner, living contrary to what his word has asked us to live, what his design for our life is, and where the blessings of God will be received. We too often just say, I'm saved, thank you, Jesus. Those are precious words. But do you think about what he saved you from? He saved you from hell. From an eternity where you were never meant to go to, that was meant for the devil and his minions, where you would have gnashing of teeth, where you would have sorrow, where you would have pain, and where you would have eternal separation from Jesus. Eternal separation from God. You've not felt isolation until you let your mind try to comprehend what kind of isolation that would be. It is an amazing thing to claim that you are saved. But let's take a moment today and really understand what we are saved from. But it... Our salvation isn't just fire insurance. Our salvation saves us from a lot of heartache if we would just turn our lives over to the Lord and understand sin doesn't have dominion over us. You don't have to give in to sin. It is a choice you make every single time you choose to sin. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, he says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Do you get it? You can be who God wants you to be through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, who will lead you and guide you and instruct you. But you got to show up. You got to show up for duty. You got to show up with a heart that is willing. You've got to show up with a heart that is repentive. You got to show up every day and you've got to say, Lord, here I am, send me, cleanse me with your blood, give me your grace and your mercy, forgive me of my evil thoughts, forgive me of the things that I have gone astray with. Lord, put my feet on solid ground. Walk with me and direct my path and give me exactly what it needs to be the person you would have me to be. And right here we are told in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2 that he will do it. He says that you could prove 
What is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God? Because we will be transformed by the Holy Spirit within us and we will renew our minds. And we will no longer be focused on the things of this world. Mark 8.36 says, For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? You've got nothing to gain by doing the things of the world. Let's say that one more time. You've got nothing to gain by doing the things of the world. It's an interesting thing. Peer pressure is real, folks. You will... You will do things sometimes when you're around people that you otherwise wouldn't do. And sometimes you won't do something that you otherwise would do when you're around people. Because you're afraid of what that person's going to think. Or you're afraid of what that person's going to say if you don't go along with them or if you take a solid stance for who Jesus is. I want you to think about how absolutely non-beneficial that strategy is. Those people can't save you. Those people will not be your judge on that day of judgment when our works are being judged by the Lord. Those people can't give you the things that you need. For a fleeting moment, they can give you some false security and perhaps even a nod of approval. But the one who has given you life eternal, who has held you and kept you, who blesses you daily and loads you with his benefits, who has a plan to prosper you, to give you a hope, who has a home not made with hands, eternal into the heavens, that he's gone to prepare, that where he is you may be also. The one who hears your every prayer and dries your every tear, who provides your needs and blesses you abundantly, you will not do what he says sometimes. Because you're afraid of this earthly man who has no power over you is going to not approve. I want you to look at it closely. When you choose to sin, you are saying to an almighty God, I know what you said to do. I know why you're wanting me to do this because this is what would be best for me. But I don't care what you say, and I don't care what you want. I'm going to be God of my own life, and I'm going to choose my own path. Truly, that's what you're saying. But we don't have to live that way. We don't have to live in fear of what others will say or wanting approvement from a worldly set of folks. No, we can understand that we have grace of God and that he will renew our mind and transform us and we can make good decisions. What are you holding on to that you won't let go? What sin keeps drawing in your life that somehow you think is, is better than living the way Jesus asked you to live? What a thing of this world seems to draw you because it is a lie straight from the pits of hell. 
It is the seed of the devil because there is no good thing that your father will withhold from you. And when you delight yourself in the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart. And there's a peace that passes understanding. And there's a joy unspeakable to be had for those who will follow after Jesus. The Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Today, right now, what sin has dominion over you? Because let me tell you, you're just giving them those sins the right to have dominion over you because God has already loosed you from them. He sets you free, but you're just dipping your toes back in. You're turning your eyes back like Lot's wife. Because you are looking at a temporary measure, a moment in time that somehow seems like it would be better and it would be less stressful and perhaps it would somehow gain you something in this moment of time. But before you even know it, just a very short amount of time will pass. You will regret having done the sin. You will have consequences for having done the sin and you will be left far worse than you were before you had the moment to choose, should I do this sin or should I not? But every single time that you choose Jesus, that you choose the way of the word of God, that you choose to live in his presence, that you choose to allow the Holy Spirit to lead you, to guide you, to direct you, and to instruct you, when you choose to obey every single time, the blessings are greater than you could have ever imagined. And the moment you begin to choose Jesus, things in your heart and your mind add up to great blessings and tremendous peace. That choice to choose to to sin, which sends you further and further away from God and spiraling further and further downward is the exact opposite of what happens when you choose Jesus. When you choose Jesus, there's peace evermore. There's love, there's grace, there's mercy, there's forgiveness. There is joy unspeakable. I honestly believe that God has given this message for me today, for you, just to ask you to think. What sense does it make for you to choose anything but Jesus? Jesus has given you your forgiveness for your sins. And when you are confessing them, you're not confessing to be saved again. You're confessing to be cleansed for your daily sins so that you may be holy as he is holy, as he spoke of in Leviticus 27. We want to confess our sins daily so that it can't take root in our heart, in our mind, and in our lives and spring up negativity and lead us in a way that is opposite of where we should be going. The Bible says in James 4, 8, that we are to draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. In James 4, 8. My task today for you is this. It's simply to make you think what sin is pulling you back and away from God. What are you placing between you and the peace and the happiness and the joy of living in the center of God's will? Today is the day you can confess it, and he is faithful and just to forgive you. Today live in the forgiveness of God. Remember you are loved. Jesus loves you. 
Thank you all for joining us today in this program of Women at the Well Ministries. We pray that it has been a blessing to you, and we encourage you to reach out to us through our website or our Facebook page. You can find us at watwm.org and at facebook.com slash watwm, where you will find devotions and many additional Bible resources to enhance your personal walk with God. Women at the Well Ministries is a nonprofit organization dedicated to serving our Heavenly Father, and it is through your loving and generous support that our ministry continues to bless others. If you would like to partner with Women at the Well Ministries, please visit our website at watwm.org. We would like to thank the gospel group Fudge Creek for letting us play their hit song, Happy Girl. Greatly appreciate your prayers. Know that we pray for our listeners. Remember that God loves you and you are loved. Happy girl.